Shopify Masters is powered by Shopify, the easiest way to sell online, in person, and anywhere in between. To get an extended 30-day trial, visit shopify.com slash masters. Now they're selling $400, $500 orders at a bakery in a grocery store. Those are numbers they never saw before, and that's on one order. Hey, my name is Felix. I'm the host of Shopify Masters. Each week, you learn the keys to success from e-commerce experts and entrepreneurs like you. In this episode, you'll learn how to grow a business that does not have a lot of repeat customers, how to encourage customer testimonials and reviews, and how to get your product into nearly 1,000 grocery stores. Today, I'm joined by Kimberly Aya from Fun Cakes. Fun Cakes offers rental cakes for weddings and parties, stunning cake designs for an affordable price. It was started in 2007 and based out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Welcome, Kimberly. Thank you for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on. So tell us more about these rental cakes uh, in, in your store. So um, we have a website on Shopify where you can choose um, a cake from there. We have like 150 cakes, I think, online. And then if you don't see anything there you like, then you can um, send us a picture and then we can make a custom order cake for you. Very cool. So how did this idea, where does the idea come from to, to create a product like this? So I'm a baker and so that's what I was used to doing. And I owned a bakery in Europe and then I moved to Michigan and decided to go to a bridal show. And every good baker takes display cakes to show their work so that the bride can understand what quality of work they have. And those cakes are all fake. So um, in 2007, I went to a local bridal show with, I think I had like five or six cakes. And all the brides kept asking if they could just use my display cake. And I'm like, why would you do that? How would that work? So they taught me my entire business in a three-day bridal show. So they taught me how they're going to cut it and what they're going to serve to their guests. and so I decided that, you know, I might as well give it a try. I always believe in listening to your customer because that is the person who's going to be purchasing from you. And if, I mean, I had like 99% of the brides asking if they could use my display cake. So I had been working on getting a bakery and actually the day of the show, the realtor called me on the building and started cussing at me and cussing at me to sign the beep, beep lease and what the beep, beep was I waiting for. And it was like, this is called fun cakes. You know, this isn't called grumpy cakes, pissed off cakes. And I just, he ran it on and on. And I just said, I don't want your shop. So I actually went to the bridal show without a location. So then after 99% of the brides for three days asked if they could use my display cakes or my fake cakes, I'm like, well, let's give that a try. Let's give it a try, and then you can always convert back to a bakery if it doesn't work. And that was 10 years ago. So obviously, it worked. Yeah, obviously. So this you were getting this feedback from from customers at the show, and you decided, let's give it a shot. What was the first step? Like, How how did you begin about creating a business around these uh, fake cakes? So um, actually, my husband was stuck in a lease in a building. So he's like, you can set up office there. So I went and set up office there and then um, started calling the brides back from the bridal show because I had gotten their information and started making appointments for them to come in and order their cakes. And I only had six cakes. So 
I had no inventory. And then I wrote an email to my local newspaper and told them that, you know, here's a new business in town because they have to cover that in their business section. And so they kind of didn't answer me and I kept after them. And so what they had done, because the bridal show was in March, they kind of held me off and they held me off and then they did a June story. And because, you know, everybody gets married in June, so they think. So I got the front page of our local paper. And then that got sold off to all the newspapers and radio stations they own. So within six weeks, I was on the Today Show. So I'm like, okay, I guess this is the avenue I should go is doing fake cakes and give up on the bakery idea, which was really hard as a baker to give that up. So I don't even have an oven. So I'm a baker without an oven. I do cakes without an oven. Yeah, that's funny. So <laughs> you are writing out these emails because you you wanted to try to get some local coverage at first. Like, Is that where most of the customers early on came from? Were they local customers? That's what I planned on. Yeah, I planned on just doing the brides from the bridal show. So I you know, was contacting back to them and um, and then just wrote that email to my local newspaper which I have to say I had to keep after the local newspaper like because they weren't responding. And I was like, well, even if you don't like the idea of a fake cake, you still have to cover the story. That's what newspapers do. You cover local new businesses. Mm -hmm. And I did keep after them and even invited them out to my new shop, which is my husband's um, business you know, office area he was stuck in a lease with. And I actually worked out of there for two years until his lease was done. And then moved into my own location. Yeah, I think that's a great idea to to start local like that because a lot of times when entrepreneurs are launching businesses online, they think global immediately. How do I get this out into the entire world? But the local businesses, the local newspapers are are very interested in covering what's going on in their their area, and you're gonna have a much better chance of getting that kind of coverage. Do you remember your, I guess, your approach to to reaching out to these local newspapers? What what do you think helped get the get their attention? Um, that I never let up <laughs> because literally I sent them an email like, "Here's a new business starting in Grand Rapids called Fun Cakes, and we're gonna rent wedding cakes that are fake." And I got zero response back, like zero. So I waited a week and then I sent it out again. And then I waited a week and I sent it out again going, well, even if you don't like this idea, you still have to cover it. And I just never let up on them, not knowing I was going to end up on the front page of the paper. I didn't plan on that. You know, they had told me, well, when they finally wrote the article, they're like, okay, you'll be in Tuesday or Saturday's paper. So I got Tuesday and Saturday, nothing happened. And the next week, Tuesday and Saturday, nothing happened. So I actually wrote her an email going, so why haven't you covered my story yet? And she just wrote back like, current business keeps happening. I'm like, well, what kind of answer is that? Of course, current business keeps happening. And then the next day, I was on the front cover. So who mm. would have thought? So this just contained and, a snowball where other press picked up on and then eventually like you're saying it got picked up by the today show and a month and a half later talk to us right. about that experience well newspapers they they're owned by you know a major company so what they did is once they ran it in june 
everybody needed a June story. So they owned many newspapers and they owned many radio stations. So they spread it. So like I went on, I was on the front page on Wednesday. On Saturday, I had emails from all over the country. And I'm thinking, well, how did they learn about me? And so they had sold it to the newspapers out in California and in Seattle. And so everybody could have a June story. So looking back, I was really fortunate that my local newspaper made it a June story so that other newspapers wanted it. And so from there, it just spread to radio stations. And it was literally um, like five days later, I had the Today Show calling Good Morning America, the early show, CNN. And so then I got to pick and choose who I wanted to cover my story. Mm. So now the, the, the decisions in, in your court this time, why do you think that that initial newspaper, what about the product, what about the story, do you think made them choose to make it essentially the story of the month? I think personally, just they're looking for a June story. They're looking for a wedding story. I think that was 95% of it. Um, and I think that's why I was so fortunate that my newspaper, because I must have contacted them in April, and they didn't print it until the June 7th. So looking back, that was really clever of them to hold it off and make it a June story. And I think that's why everybody else wanted it. And then how do you run a cake? I mean, that's the number one question. How do you run a cake? So that got a lot of publicity as well because they had never heard of running a cake ever. So it was a whole new idea, but it was just listening to my brides and what they wanted. And there was like at this time, I'm, I'm assuming after 10 years, there's obviously competition coming in, but at this time, no one else was, was doing this? No, no. There was one company that um, you, they had maybe five models you could choose from of cakes, and then you had to get your sheet cakes from them, where I'm shipping it all over the United States, and I don't care where you get your sheet cake, because obviously a bakery, their sheet cake's going to be like $100, where Costco, it's $20. So obviously the bride wants to go to Costco. They want to pay $20 where I had none of that stipulation and I'm still the only one who ships. Nobody else ships. So the people who have copied me in 10 years, it's just for their local area. Mm -hmm. And still a lot of them don't do custom designs where we, that's what we mainly do is custom designs. Got it. So this, uh, this, once you, I think going back to the the uh, the press coverage early on, it sounds like obviously you have to have an interesting story, an interesting question, basically that gets raised. In your case, it was how do you rent a cake? But then also you try to this kind of happened to you. But looking back on it, the one of the the key I guess alignments was that there was a major kind of topic that they wanted to cover for each month. In June, it was weddings. In July, maybe who knows what it is, but basically you try to find out what is going to be that major topic and try to line up your story with that. Then of course also needs to have an interesting, I guess, angle and yours was, you know, how do you rent a cake and having those two things align, I think makes a big difference in getting the, what kind of level of coverage you end up getting. So now exactly that kicked off again, a bunch of press. You got to have your pick and choosing of which shows you wanted to go on. Talk to us about that. That must be like a whirlwind of all of these 
shows wanting to to work with you, all these major publications now wanting to talk with you. What were, what was that? You know, those weeks like? It was crazy, and it went on for six weeks. It wasn't just like one week. It was six weeks, and they're like, "Well, you're on the AP," and I was so new. I'm like, "What's the AP?" And they're like, Associated Press. I'm like, of course. All right. Now I get it how everybody's got it. So I was doing interviews in New Zealand and in Australia, in London, in Paris. They were calling from everywhere. So um, obviously my phone battery couldn't keep up with anybody. So we had to go get all new phone systems to keep up with it. But it lasted for six weeks. It was truly amazing. And is there, was there any way to to manage all of this? It, it sounds like it could be disruptive too, right? You're trying to run a business and all of a sudden for six weeks straight, everyone wants to talk to you. Yes, it was nuts. And I had no inventory. I only had the five, six cakes that I went to the bridal show with. So now I have people taking orders. So now I'm having to work you know, 24-7 to get the cakes done, do the interviews during the day and get all the cakes done at night. Because I had no inventory. I was brand new. I mean, I was literally, you know, two weeks out, up, out the door. Didn't even have my, you know, business title, fun cakes and all that registered for only a month. So it was amazing. But it hasn't stopped. It's been 10 years and it hasn't stopped. I mean, we just did a big coverage in November with Inside Edition. So they're always looking for stories for weddings and they're always looking ways to save money. And who rents a cake? So it's been very, very fortunate. And our cakes, they're made of styrofoam on the inside, which would be the cake part. And then the outside is real fondant. So it's exactly the same materials as a real cake would be, except for the inside. Mm-hmm. So it looks real. So, so now I'm, I'm, I'm curious now, now that we've talked about this question of how do you rent a cake, like how does this all work? Someone, does someone return the cake? I'm assuming that they do since it's a rental, but like what's, what's your process like for getting out a custom cake and then I guess getting it back? So we've, we've worked on that over the years. I used to send a return label for them to send it back. But then, you know, with a wedding, they're so busy, they don't always get it back in time and the label has expired and all that. So now we just put a between $99 and $250 security deposit on the cake. Depends on how elaborate the cake is, but the majority are $99. And then we ship it to them on the Monday before their wedding. It'll arrive on Wednesday, Thursday at the latest. And then they can have a choice if they want to pack it up and return it back to us and get their $99 back, or they can just keep it. So now it's about 50% come back and 50% don't. So because we're not giving the return label and all that. So we have worked on that over the time. But if you go to my Shopify site um, at cakerental.com, it's literally a cart. And you put it in a cart and you pay for it. And then we just get noticed that we have an order. And then get your wedding date down and we're ready to go. I love that idea of giving them the option to return it or not, because that just essentially a new a new product for for you to to sell it. Not only rentals, but now that they have it, maybe there's some sentimental value, and they decide to keep it rather than returning it, or maybe they just don't have the time and rather keep it and just since they already paid for it, go with exactly. that. Now, is that hard for you to manage on your end the inventory because See, you after kind of a don't wedding, know. they're off to a honeymoon. So this way, at $99, a lot of them are like, I just don't care for $99. It's not worth it. 
Now, the ones at 250 because they've got, you know, zillions of sugar flowers or different things on it, the price can go up on the security deposit. So then those are more likely to be returned. Mm. But not all of them are returned. And that was good for us because we need to store 150 cakes. So by doing it this way, we don't have quite as much inventory because that takes a lot of space to store that many cakes in your office. Right. Now, for a business like this, where it sounds like it's very heavy on the, 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 the wedding side, is this like a business that you can have repeat customers? Like, what, is, that, is that possible when you have a business tied to like a specific events? Like, how do you get these customers to keep coming back? I probably don't. I'll be honest with you. I will have like a couple who gets married and then they'll have their first baby and then they'll order maybe a cake for their first birthday party and where they do a big sweets table and they want a really pretty cake for that or for when they get baptized. But I would have to say the majority of my customers are not repeat. They're, so I'm constantly after new customers versus repeat customers. And we do a lot of corporate cakes as well. You know, for cakes like it's their 50th anniversary of their business and they're having a big party up on stage and then we'll make a big, huge cake for that function. So we do a lot of corporate cakes as well. Mm -hmm. Now, when you, when you do market or talk about your business, when you, you know, go on podcasts like this or talk to newspapers uh, or shows, do you speak mostly about the, like, the wedding side of it? And then other people might think, oh, this is, this is, you know, there, this is a wedding cake rental company, but I could also see this being in use for my own purposes, for corporate reasons or for a birthday. How do you, I guess, create that, the messaging or the marketing behind it when it can be used for different events or different purposes? Yeah, I think you have to look at wherever there's a cake. You know, how many functions are there where there's a cake that you need a big cake, not just a single tiered cake, but you need a three tiered cake or a five tiered cake or a big cake, you know, so it's seen up on stage, you know, so we'll do like corporate cakes that are 18 inches tall each tier and then stack those up. So they're 40, 50, 60 inches tall. Um, so I think just by having the generic site cake rental, and then when they go to the site, yeah, the majority they see will be wedding, but then they'll see birthday cakes and they'll see other designs. And then, you know, you have to let them know, yep, we do all that. And we have a corporate tag at the top. So corporate knows we can do their cakes as well. So mm -hmm. it's a little mix of both. But it's all usually first-time customers. Okay, gotcha. Which is tough. Yeah, for sure. So uh, what's the best way for you to, to, I guess, use your existing customer base to, to get new customers? Are referrals, word of mouth, are those popular traffic drivers for you? Yes, definitely. And their testimonials. Because I think you have to look at the, the person getting married or even the corporate cake. You know, this is probably like their most important cake of their life. So they want it perfect. And I don't blame them. It should be perfect. So through testimonials and talking with us through emails or if they call, they can, you know, be reassured that that cake will be absolutely perfect. And they don't crash you know, when being shipped, because that's the other concern, you know, will it be crashed being shipped? And we've been doing this 10 years. We've shipped as far as Australia and we've never had an issue with a cake, you know, not making it there hundred percent perfect. 
So it, you do have to reassure the people for sure. Yeah, let's talk about that, that reassurance, because like you're saying, this is not like a, a t-shirt that you're selling that if it doesn't come perfect, no one blinks an eye. This is for one specific event tied to a specific time period too that need to get it by a certain date. And there's very little, I guess, wiggle room for uh, returns and exchanges and all that. Talk to us about how you make sure that the customer feels comfortable enough to 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 essentially buy uh, something so important online and not be able to have in their hands when they not be able to to hold it in their hands essentially when they when they first make that purchase exactly. So it's a lot of emails. You know, some people might call that a bridezilla. I don't mm-hmm. call that a bridezilla. I call that somebody who's you know concerned. They're trying to save money. We're all trying to save money, so this is such a great option for them. But they have to make sure it's perfect. So just through lots and lots of emails, talking with them on the phone, reassuring them letting them see all the cakes on the site because the cakes are absolutely perfect on the site. And then through all the testimonials that we get. So, and I have to say, you know, in 10 years, we've never had an unhappy bride. Never. Yeah. That's amazing. They're all thrilled. I've had them call me up. Like when the cake arrives crying and that's like, Oh my God, why are you crying? Is everything okay? And they're like, yeah, it's just so beautiful. I can't (laughs) believe it. It's better than I thought. I'm like, okay, good. Cry. All right. Don't cry for a scary reason. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned that there's a lot of emails and phone calls. Is there a lot of, um, for most most of these sales, are there, would you say the majority of them are going to want to talk to somebody first before making a purchase? Or is the majority of them just going to browse the site and make a purchase without having to contact your business? Well, originally our website was not through Shopify and we had no prices. We had no cart. So everybody had to contact us and say, okay, on page three, I saw this cake or I'm sending you a picture of a cake. And so we had to guarantee that they spoke with us. But I think people are more comfortable these days just buying things online. So I'd say it's about 50-50 that half the people I've never, ever talked to them. I'll just get, you've got an order that came through. So I think that the website has to be good enough to, you know, convey that comfort. And I think also then when you look at all the shows we've been on, everything that we've done, they also feel comfortable. You know, that those kind of businesses and um, TV shows would not be contacting you if what you weren't doing was perfect. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Now, and the big part of that, that trust as well, you mentioned was uh, testimonials and these reviews that you're getting from past customers. How do you, how do you get these reviews? How do you encourage people to write in and, and give a testimonial about, about the product? Well, that right now, any bride who's getting married, they go to the knot or they go to wedding wire and they leave reviews there. And we're just starting to bring it over. Like, why send them off to somebody else's site? Mm-hmm. Just do it right on our site. So that is something new that we're doing. And we've got about um, 50 to 60 testimonials on the knot and also on Wedding Wire. So were you driving them to, to these review sites, like the knot and the Wedding Wire previously? Yep. I'll send them an email like, your cake came back. It's absolutely perfect. We've refunded your security deposit. And if you could please take a moment and go to these two sites to leave a review on your experience, we'd appreciate it. So Mm. it's all in part of the return process 
and the return email. Right. That but makes sense. if I don't get the cake back, then we usually don't contact that person. But I'm tired of sending them off my site to leave the review. So we are working on that now with my web designer where they can leave it right on our site mm-hmm. versus going off. Do you find that you do get a lot of uh, customers from these review, these off-site review uh, websites? Oh, definitely. Definitely. 100%. 100%. Because it is their most important case. They've got to be sure. I mean, I would be doing my due diligence as well mm-hmm. and looking everywhere and reading everything to make sure I can trust them. Right. That makes a lot of sense. So it is a trust issue. Like you said, it's not a t-shirt. Yeah. Now, other than these testimonials, you mentioned, of course, being in the press makes a big difference too, because a lot of these, you know, major publications are covering you, and by having that coverage, it's kind of vouching for the validity of your business and that they can trust 100%. your business. Uh, now, 100%. now on the site itself, do you have to do much, I guess, explanation or education for, especially first time, I guess, kick renters people that don't even know that this uh, this product or service exists? Like, how do you? teach them about about your product yeah we have one tab that just says how to run a cake <laughs> so they can go there to read how the process works why is it good to run a cake you know why would you want to run a cake versus going to your local bakery you know your local bakery might might not be talented enough to work with fondant might not know how to create the pictures you want Plus, from a bakery, that cake is usually five days old by the time it gets to your wedding. You know, they've cooked it on Wednesday, and then they've crumb-coated it on Thursday, decorated it on Friday, and you're eating it on Saturday. And it's been sitting out all that time. So your cake isn't fresh. So you have to explain, like, by using our cake, you're serving fresh sheet cake to your guests. Also, venues now are charging $1 to $2 to slice your cake and plate it and serve it. Where with a sheet cake, they don't have that fee. So you end up saving a lot of money just that way, that you're serving sheet cakes versus a real wedding cake. So Mm -hmm. you have to explain all that to them on the website. So there is one tab of just why rent a cake or how do you rent a cake? I'm not quite sure how it's worded, but... Right. I did see that pretty prominent on on your site. Now... You, you know, of course, you know we've been talking so far about press being a, a a big boon for your business. Other than press, are there other ways that you find uh, as helpful for driving traffic? Do you do you do any paid ads or anything like that? Yeah, I do um, Google Ads, Google AdWords, and um, I've tried the different like bridal publications, things like that, and I have found that Google AdWords worked the best. Mm-hmm. And you know, Shopify gave us like a hundred dollars off. For our Google AdWords, so you know, if nothing else, why not use that just to find out? But I right. know in the very beginning, that's all we used was Google AdWords. So, and I also have my cakes in grocery stores now, and so that helps as well. That just the customer walking by sees my cakes there, and then that leads them to my website. So they either buy it from the grocery store or they come through us at the website. So that's been beneficial as well. Now, do you target or try to go after people that are that don't know anything about cake rentals and are just shopping for a a, a cake to, I guess, a, you know, quote unquote, real cake to, to buy? Yep. So you go after those people too. Okay. Now, do you 
do you have to educate them in the ads themselves before they hit your site? Like, do you try to teach them about what the, about cake rentals and the the pictures on the ads? Like, how do you make sure they they understand what your business is about as soon as they see your ad for the first time? I would say that I use as seen on Shark Tank because everybody loves Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. So when they see a scene on Shark Tank wedding cakes, they're like, well, what the heck is this? And that usually just out of curiosity leads, leads them to my website. Gotcha. Now let's talk about your Shark Tank experience now. How did you, how did you go down the process of getting on that show? Like, was, this, was this an intention of yours immediately or did they reach out to you? Um, no, I reached out to them. I watched the show for many years and just thought it would be fun to be on the show. Um, I knew my avenue in growing my business was to go into grocery stores and there is not a grocery store shark. So I knew my chances of getting a deal was not very big, but I still felt like it's good exposure. It'll be a lot of fun. I'll learn a lot. You know, I still want to do it. Um, So in doing all the research I did on Shark Tank, the hardest thing is to get your company noticed, you know, out of the hundreds of thousands of people who apply, how does your company get chosen? And if you can't make that step, you're never going to make it on the show. So that was my main goal was how do I get recognized so they would choose me. So I just downloaded the application from abc.com and filled it out. And then I made a cake. I made a cake based on Shark Tank. So I had the shark fins and the water and I had all the sharks actually sitting on the cake and it came you know, on my phone that it was delivered through FedEx and two hours later they called me and they were like, so who are you working with here? And I'm like, nobody, just downloaded the app and sent it out and they're like, okay, well you made it. And then we started the whole process of, you know, learning our pitch and actually getting ready to go on. So it was really fun. Yeah, you mentioned that you wanted to, of course, make your application stand out. Talk to us a little more about this. Like, what what were you doing exactly again to to make sure that people noted that the, I guess the producers noticed your application? So I always, I mean, because people come to me now who want to go on Shark Tank and they ask me for any advice that I can give them, and I always say, send your product because what you're off, you're mainly showing on Shark Tank is your product. So when you send in that application, if you haven't gone to one of their call days and gone in front of them, you're just doing it blindly from wherever you live, send your product as well so they can see your product because that's what they're going to be making the display for. That's what the whole focus is going to be is your product. And we also did a video of us and sent pictures of us so that they had the whole package when it arrived. Here's the people, here's their voices, here's their mannerisms, here's their product. You know, should we accept them or not? Because they're also looking for company. It's not like they're so inundated, they're holding people off. They're also looking for companies. So I just say send it all in the one package. So I sent a five-tier cake that I had made up all in shark pink. So it was a big mm. box I sent out and I had the application and I had the video and everything right on top. So when they opened it up, they would know who the heck I was and it worked. It took two hours. So I would just say, whatever your product is, send it and send a video, send a video showing that you're fun, 
because it's an entertainment. At the end of the day, Shark Tank is entertainment. So they need people who are entertaining that can talk that aren't you know shy in front of the camera. Right now, when you did when you did get selected and you had to start preparing to appear on the show, what was that process like? What did you? What was the preparation like? It was really, really well done. I mean, I have to say they know exactly what they're doing. So we were assigned to two um, producers. And so they told us like to start out with, you know, what would your pitch be if you could write it? So we sent that out and then they tweaked it. And then every week we would video ourselves giving the uh, the pitch. And then they would tweak it and it went back and forth for like three months. So every week we would have a new pitch to, you know, tweak the pitch till we got the final pitch until we were called to go out to film. So it's very, very well organized and very awesome. easy. Now, at the end of the day, on, on a show, you end up getting a deal. But of course, that, that kind of press coverage is amazing to be on national television on Shark Tank. And you've obviously used that the appearance on Shark Tank through your marketing. What was the results like of the, the traffic to your and sales to your site <laughs> once the show aired? It was nuts. It, just like they say. We had um, four telephone lines that we brought in, and we had, like, I think, eight computers. And then had brought staff in, like, pulled cake decorators out, and, okay, you're going to learn how to do emails. And then write out, you know, like an answer, like a generic answer, and then take it from there and tweak it. And I was also, part of what I was so pleasantly surprised was how many people just wrote to wish you good luck. She said, wow, I loved, I loved your presentation. I love your idea. You didn't get a deal, but that's okay. Keep up the good work. And so people would take the time to go and find our website and leave an email like that. I thought that was amazing. And we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those. So I thought that was very special as well. So as they say on Shark Tank, they need the people who get the deals and the people who don't get the deals. It can't be everybody who gets a deal. Mm-hmm. because then it wouldn't be fun to watch the show. And we didn't plan on getting the deal because there is no grocery store shark there. So we just went for the fun of it, get five days in L.A., learn a lot on doing your pitch, learn how to pitch your business better, um, and then see where it goes afterwards from there. Now, has your episode uh, re-aired multiple times since uh, the first yes. showing? And do you still get that same big influx of traffic? Do you know yep. when it's going to happen? Yeah, and you and they used to tell you, like, the first time it re-airs, they send you an email to let you know it's going to re-air at this date. But then after that, they don't let you know anymore. So all of a sudden, you'll be at work, and then, you know, your phone's just blowing up, and you're like, what the heck's going on? And then somebody will say, like, I saw you last night on Shark Tank, and you're like, okay, they did a rerun. Awesome. So they were really good to do, like, they did one, I think, in January of me, because it's the beginning of the new year. The new brides are coming in. Everybody's looking for a wedding cake. So they're really good about, you know, targeting when to carry your company again. I mean, I have to say everything at Shark Tank is done perfect. And I would recommend to anybody to try. Hmm. Now, you mentioned before that the goal or the avenue that you saw your business going down was to get into grocery stores. And, right. and I think uh, when you came on the show, you already had grocery stores that, that, that you were in at that time. What was that process like? How do you even get into a, a grocery store to, to carry your product? 
Well, actually, I wasn't in a grocery store when I went on. I was supposed to be. I had just um, contacted a grocery store in Chicago. I had heard great things about them. I'm in Michigan, so we don't even have that grocery store here. And we had been meeting, and we were all the way up to the CEO accepting it into their stores, and the CEO got fired. So, and then I went and filmed Shark Tank two months later. So I had two months to think about, should I hold off going on Shark Tank because we get in? And, you know, because I knew to get in once the new CEO came on board and blah, 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 but that will take like a year, or should I just go on? So I figured we'd already been working on the pitch. We'd already been working with the team with Shark Tank. So just go on. So I actually went on, not in the store. So, and then now we're in, um, so now we're in 300 grocery stores and we're about to go into another 600. Uh, how do you manage the relationship with all of these almost thousand grocery stores? <laughs> it's busy. It's yeah, very, but... very busy. But I hire brokers. So that the broker works with the grocery store manager and the orders first go to the broker and then the broker sends them to me. So I have a filter in between. So they do all the busy work and I just get the order. So it would be like just getting the order off of Shopify. And so this is for grocery stores that don't carry wedding cake. So now without having to hire staff, without having to figure out how to make a wedding cake, how to deliver a wedding cake. They just have my three-tiered fake cake and they pair it with their sheet cake and they're in the wedding business. Mm. It's that simple for them. So it's a really win-win for them because now they can offer wedding cakes at their grocery store without having all the staff to worry about. Now, this this uh, this broker that you work with, it's like a, a broker specifically to get you specifically working on grocery stores or what, what's there, I guess. Uh, how do you, how do, how will someone find a broker like yours if they want to get into a grocery store? Well, actually, I do all the footwork. I'm the one that keeps contacting the grocery store and contacting the buyer. And what I hear back from the stores I'm in is they say, I never let up. I never, ever let go. And just like I didn't with the newspaper, you know, my local newspaper, I never let go. So once I've met with the buyer, once they want the product, they assign me to a broker. They give me a list of local brokers and they're like, here's 10 local brokers we work with. Go interview them all and choose the one you want. So I'm not actually out looking for the broker. They're giving me the list of the brokers. But it makes it a lot easier, as you said, so that you can handle each store, you know, individually. So you have one broker for one grocery store, another broker for another one. You're just contacting one person. How do you find these grocery stores and arrange a, a meeting with a, with a buyer? Um, I do a lot of different ways. I did have one. Um, person that I buy my fondant from, he actually sent me um, a program of all the grocery stores in America and all the different buyers so that we could go through that program and find the bakery buyers and then start out by emailing them. And most of them, I have to say, were not the buyers, but they would be kind enough to say, well, I'm no longer the buyer. Here's the buyer. Um, I've also used LinkedIn. LinkedIn works really well that you can Google your grocery store and try to find the bakery buyer and then their names will come up. 
So it, it's, it's a lot of work. It, mm. it is, I'll for sure say it's not easy. The majority of your emails are never answered. But if you bug them every week, they finally just want to get rid of you. <laughs> so then they'll answer you and then figure out what you do. And then, oh, my God, it's genius. I didn't even know that existed. And then it's a great way for a store. Like what we're working with a group of grocery stores right now that does do wedding cakes, but they cannot find competent staff to cover 300 grocery stores. So now they're going to be bringing our cakes in because they're all made by us. They're all perfect. And then they don't have to worry about staff. So that's like a whole new avenue we're going to now. So you're basically just helping them open up a whole new line of business with very little yep. risk on, on their part. Now, these, yeah. uh, this this program that you're talking about, is this something that's publicly accessible by anyone that, that wants to get into grocery stores? Uh, the the program that I was sent? Yeah, the program that you were sent to to help find Yeah, that was contacts. just a nice guy that I buy all my fondant from him, and we buy it by the um, pallet load. So we're buying a lot. So he just wants us in more stores so he can sell more fondant. Um, So that was just out of the kindness of his heart to send that to us. I don't know where somebody would normally get that. Mm. I really don't. But I do believe just by Googling, like choose your grocery store if it's Safeway, choose Safeway and then, you know, Safeway bakery buyer and stuff will come up. And you just start emailing those people and then they'll let you know we're the wrong person, the right person. And you just keep moving that way through it. So it takes a good six months to finally get to the right person. Gotcha. But to me, that's worth it. Yeah. So, so once you do have this get to the right person, what do grocery stores usually, based on your experience, what do they look for? Like, what, what attracts them to, to or, or I guess, what do they look for in a partnership with someone that wants to sell into their store? Um, well, obviously, they're looking for, you know, how many units will they sell and what kind of profit they'll make, obviously. I mean, those are the givens. But I think for my instance, it's such a different product. And all they have to do is to buy a display for the shelf. That's their only investment. So they look at it to them like, there's no investment in this. Let's give it a try. You know, we're just going to buy a store display. And to have brochures made up. And if it sells, great. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, but what they're finding is, you know, now they're selling $400, $500 orders at a bakery in a grocery store. Those are numbers they never saw before. And that's on one order. So they're behind it 100%. 100%. They, you know, the returns for them are amazing. Makes sense. Like we have a bridal show this weekend and the grocery store is paying for it all because they see the return on this. So I'm going to go help work it, but they paid for everything. Mm-hmm. So do you have to design these, uh, these displays? Or how do you get the, I guess, all of the assets over to the grocery stores? Like, what do you actually have to have to deliver to them, to each individual grocery store? Yeah, I designed everything. And um, so I designed it and put it together. And it's what, when I put that, my original meeting with the buyer, it's what I take and say, this is what your store display will look like. And then tweak it if, you know, they want something different or a little bit this or a little bit that or whatever. Um, so it's something I've designed and I take with me at the first meeting so they know what they're getting. Um, that's it. I mean, 
That's mm-hmm. what we do. We design wedding cakes. So that's pretty simple for us. Now, do you have just like one uh, fake cake at the at each grocery store? Or how many do you yep. usually give to? Yep. Gotcha. Each store carries one cake display with an acrylic cover to keep it clean. Because that's one thing that, you know, like you back at the 1950s when you used to go into bakeries and they have all these fake cakes and they're all filthy. Like, I, I just, it's like, no, you have to have an acrylic cover. It has to stay clean. I'm a clean freak. Like, so we have an acrylic cover. We give them like four to five designs to choose from. And then they make up their brochures um, for the guests to take to learn about the program. And then they train all their staff. So the staff knows how to sell a fake cake. But they can get like for $159 in Chicago, you can get a three-tiered fondant covered fake cake with a sheet cake for $159. Like who, who can beat that price? Yeah, so are they buying, are they renting then directly from a grocery store? Or what happens if someone rents out that, that fake cake and another customer comes along and wants to rent at the same time? So they're, at the grocery stores, they're buying. There's no renting. Mm, and okay. that is one of the reasons it took me so long to get into a grocery store because, you know, in the beginning, so seven years ago when I was presenting it, I was presenting it as a rental cake. Well, the only thing that rents at a grocery store is that um, machine that cleans your carpet. <laughs> so they don't know what to do with a rental program. Mm-hmm. So then we did an order for uh, Matt Cosmetics, and we had to make 350 cakes in three weeks and then ship them worldwide. And obviously, we sold those. So I was like, okay, da-da, that was the bell. You need to sell these. So we sell them to the grocery store. They sell them to the bride. So we don't ever get those back. They don't have to get them back. It's a one-time shot, and they're out the door. Gotcha. Makes sense. That makes sense that you identified that they don't have a kind of a process to handle returns and rentals. Right. So don't try to force them down that that route. Yes, they have no. They don't even have paperwork. They don't even have rules on how to do that. They were like, no, this will never work. So it took me a while to figure out what I was doing wrong, but as all great entrepreneurs, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We learn every day and we try to you know, grow from that learning. And so that's when I was like, okay, let's just sell them. Then it's easy for everybody. So stores that I had met with five, six years ago that I go and met with, you know, last year, they're like, okay, you figured out the program. Fantastic. Let's do it. So I figured it out. Right, so remove all of the kind of work that they need to do from, from their side. So uh, right. for, for everybody else, uh, cakerental.com is the website, C-A-K-E-R-E-N-T-A-L.com. Where do you want to see the business uh, go for, uh, over the next year? More grocery stores. Of course, that's my it. bride. I mean, I love <laughs> my brides. I love my corporate events because that's the personal and that's, you know, we're creative. That's why we started this business, because we're creative. We want to make things, um, crafty people, whatever you want to call it. So my brides are my favorite because they keep me on my toes and they give me, you know, new designs to make. And, of course, they're the, you know, the bread and butter. They're the, that keeps the business running. But as far as growth, just every year I want to add one more grocery store and one more grocery store. I want to see it across in every grocery store in America. Hmm. That's my goal. Just a little one. 
Just a little goal. <laughs> very little, uh, very big, yeah. very little goal then. So thank you so much for your time, Kimberly. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Here's a sneak peek of what's in store for the next Shopify Masters episode. If you don't do something different or if you just offer the same thing that people can find elsewhere, they're going to go elsewhere. Thanks for listening to Shopify Masters, the e-commerce marketing podcast for ambitious entrepreneurs. To start your store today, visit shopify.com masters to claim your extended 30-day free trial.